0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to It's Eleven, It's Heaven for Jamie Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City Podcast by Leicester City fans. Four Leicester City fans. We've got a full house tonight and we're also joined by ex-Leicester City player Matt Piper. Steve, you're with us up in Aberdeenshire. How are you?
2: I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, very good. Missing the club football during this international break.
1: I know, it's been a while. Club over country, Tom, or country over club for you? Which you prefer? Oh God, uh,
0: club club over country every time.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're I having
0: that. Sorry mate, we're I was, I was just going to say I feel like it's been a hell of a long time since we've properly seen some football because uh, as you know, I couldn't make it to the uh, the Brentford game. So, I
1: know, shocking, I know. Not not women before football on that occasion, wasn't it? Family before football, yeah. Family before, off. yeah. 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 <laughs> Baz, I think you were the opposite side of that contingent, which is surprising being Scottish, but uh, you, you, prefer, <laughs> you prefer country to, to club. I would absolutely love it in
3: my lifetime if we won something for sure. With Villa, we will win things. It's, it just doesn't look ever likely that Scotland will. So if Scotland could, that'd be amazing.
1: We're not going to be giving it the Villa big licks tonight, are we? Because I've seen that floating around social media that you're going to sign Mbappe and, uh, oh, a and Neymar and all the rest of it. I was <laughs>
3: cringing when I saw that. What a horrible tweet! That guy. He's he's obviously like a fake fake news, isn't he? Yeah. What a, what an
1: yeah. idiot. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, it's been a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, Aidan, it's great to have you back with us. It's been a little while, I think.
4: Uh, yeah, not that, not that long. Ago. I was on the this, this show with Pontus Camark oh, yeah. <clears throat> at the beginning of, beginning of the month. Um, I'd say I'd be a club over country man as well. I'm not sure if you're going to ask me, but i um, got a ticket for Windsor Park tomorrow night, however. I will be supporting my country. We've got Hungary in an international friendly um you can okay. keep keeping
1: an eye on Johnny Evans for us.
4: I will indeed, it will, absolutely. Yeah, he, he was a surprise addition to the squad. Um but it will if, if he makes it, if he plays, and there's still a question mark over whether or not he'll play. Um I think our bit of pride was was maybe having a hand in Italy missing out um on the on the World Cup. Um, they came to yeah, Belfast so. in November needing a win to secure qualification and they only drew nil-nil with us. And uh, obviously you see what happened against North Macedonia, so
1: yeah, big shock that was, wasn't it? And we're of course joined tonight by our very first guest in the podcast. Uh, 43 episodes again now. But Matt Piper, it's great
5: to have you back with us. How have you been keeping? I've been keeping very well. I've been uh, keeping an eye on the podcast as it's grown and developed. And it's good to be it's good to be back on. I didn't realise that was the first episode though.
1: Yeah, you were the first one that replied to me back in the day then. <laughs> <laughs> <was just> <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, you were the first one we wanted. Obviously, that's what I meant. But, uh, no, you, your first one came back. And uh, I remember being very nervous uh, ahead of uh, filming that. You, you were very kind to me as we, as we went through the episode. So thanks very much for that. But how's, uh, how's the academy? How's the book? How's
5: life? Yeah, I mean, really good. I mean, club over country. I'm club over country until it comes to major tournaments. Mm. And then, obviously, I get invested like everyone else does. Get behind England, thinking we're going to win something, and it never materialises. Um, but this one at the weekend, for instance, I didn't even watch it um, because I'm always on the road doing the doing the away games or down at the Leicester games with the radio. I'm I give myself a nice little break on international duty, um, so I've been enjoying the kids, the missus, the wife. Um, and and this
1: is, is two people don't
5: worry I've got the door shut she's not an earshot, so we're all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah just enjoying enjoying family and the FSD since last time I was on uh, has grown again so it constantly keeps growing little by little and the message is getting out there with the youngsters um from the inner cities of Leicester that we try and help them. We put them on a pathway. Um, And that's my big passion, really. You know, I love football um, and I am a coach, but I don't coach at the FSD anymore. It's all more the enrichment with students and the pathways that we can try and create for them. So, yeah.
1: I think you, you were just taking your boy on uh, last time we, we spoke. Is he working for you now? Is he in, uh, a, a, a big part of the, the future of FSD?
5: Yeah, I think so. I've just changed my will to make sure that when <laughs> I move on, he gets my half of the business. Um, because he's put his year in of apprenticeship and he's done really well. So all the sort of design work and marketing that we do at the FSD, he does all that. So yeah, he's doing well. He's enjoying it. Um, And it's another one of them, I always say this to the staff there, I don't want to bore you about FFD too much, but I always say to the staff there, it's important that they find their pathway as well, because we've got 11 uh, employees now, and six of them are, you know, between the ages of 18 and 23. So it's important to us that their pathways are are as important, really, as the kids that we're trying to find pathways for, 16 to 19 year olds, so... It's an environment where we try and develop everyone that comes through the building, really.
1: Yeah. And uh, we had Joe Bruin on the show a few weeks ago and he wrote your book, Neil. Uh, he helps write your book, shall I say, uh, Out of the Darkness. That's had some, some fantastic success, hasn't it? And How difficult was that for you to really dig into those dark times of your life to, to, to get that down on paper?
5: Yeah, not difficult at all. I mean, he's a great lad. I mean, we started just before lockdown. So he'd come round my house and he'd get attacked by my little French bulldog. My French bulldog didn't like him. I really liked Joe, but the French bulldog was not having him. He was just ragging his legs all over the place when he mm. came in the house. And then we went to this kind of medium to sort of get the book finished so that we'd do the sessions where, you know, Joe would pose a question and then like I normally do, i go off on a tangent and like, go down lots of different pathways of stories that one was linked to another. And so it must've been quite a bit of a nightmare for him trying to get the information that he was looking for to write the book and certain stories in it. Um, But we got there in the end. And I say this and it seems a bit corny, but it's the truth. We became really good friends throughout that process. I think that happens naturally because I'm obviously you know, relaying all these stories and he's starting to see, um, you know, the book unfold in front of his eyes while he's hearing it. Um, Some things he didn't like, some things he liked. Um, And then he'll hit me back with a story that was similar to his upbringing and life. So you become really close really quickly, I think, because we've got similar personalities and he's he's a great lad. It's available on
1: paperback, or what do you call it, paper copy now, isn't it? As well as hardback, yeah. Uh, uh, Softback. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of softbacks, that brings us on to our defence. Now we're not like that. One one final thing before we move on from that. If you're talking about wills, Baz, you're the man now, aren't you? Because you're going to be working as as part of an undertaker's going forward. So if you need if you you need any support with that, give our man Baz a (laughs) shout.
5: I'd never be buried by an Aston Villa fan. God, please. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd,
3: beat, I'd beat your coffin from and Blue, for
2: sure. <laughs> just don't the, the move play, to Bucky, Matt. You'll be all right.
1: <laughs> the, uh, the players are going to put you in the ground, aren't they, but it's just to let you down one last time. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a horrible dad joke, that, isn't it? We'll move on. I, I guess you couldn't really resonate what Matt was saying there, Barry, about you know not really getting into your country until they're in a major tournament because uh, <laughs> it's been a while, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's is true. Well, we're in the last one, remember. So. Well, what's the situation now then? Because you've, you've got to play the Ukraine, haven't you? Um, and obviously they they postponed the game.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't know how they haven't really so determined what that that's going to be. Um, uh, I think no. Do they not technically have to play? Wales, and then we play the winner of that. I think. Is that what it is?
1: No, Wales have was. already won, haven't they? I think it was you first, and then the winner of you in Ukraine play Wales.
3: Oh, I beg your pardon. Um, oh, yeah, if that's the case, then I, I don't know when they're going to figure it out. Um, we'll just, have, we'll just have to wait. Like, we, we can't attempt it anytime soon, can we? talking about
4: thought, June, so. I heard it was they were hoping to play the match in June. What are you eating tonight? What's this? Chicken dinner, the chicken dinner. Oh, my words. Right. Anyway,
1: <laughs> we're going to discuss Manchester United away uh, to start. It's been a few weeks since we've had a show, so it we've got good idea to look ahead rather than behind. Steve, what's your thoughts on Man United so far this season?
2: They've been bang average for the squad they've got, haven't they, I think? Underperformed for the squad they've got. Obviously, they're doing OK-ish. I think they'll struggle to make the top four, There'll be, uh, which will be a huge disappointment. And strange move to go for a temporary manager, I think. Um, It's not really done them a lot of good. Um, Yeah, so if you think of all the money they've spent, all the talent they've got, they should be doing a lot better than what they are.
1: Yeah, they have spent an awful lot of money in recent seasons as well. Six on the table, Tom, at the minute, Manchester United. As Steve said, they've been average. Does that make it even more painful for as Leicester (laughs) fans, knowing the size that have been that poor at points they're still so far ahead
0: yeah but i think as, as steve said you know some of the some of those players that they've got can change your game and that's where they have picked up the points recently um you know ronaldo's banging in hat tricks that you you don't expect on a game where they're not looking so good so um it's just going to be one of those sort of 50 50 games
1: for us isn't it really would you have our, our sort of chances that high, Matt? When you go in there on presumably you're in the commentary box on on Saturday, you must be looking forward to that.
5: Yeah, well, I'm not because the the Man United commentary box is one of the worst in the league. I think it was a it was an old story that because Ferguson hated the press. um <laughs> He had. That, I, I think it's a true story. This is what Stringer told me anyway. In Stringer because he hated the press and he didn't get on with so many people in the press that he decided to change the commentary box to literally, you can just fit your knees in to the person (laughs) next to you. Um, So it's a really awkward commentary position, commentary box. But um, no, I'm looking forward to it. I think Leicester have picked up recently. I really do. You know, some of the people that have, some of the players that have come back in to, to the manager's You know, squad and 11, James Justin has hit the ground running, which for someone that had a very similar injury to what he had, to be back at that level so quickly is incredible. Um, For Farno, I I think he's going to be a world-class defender. I know he's only young, but someone like him coming back in. KDH, the season that he's had. Um, so I think there's lots of positives. Um, I know we lost the game away at Wren, but that was a—I thought that was a huge performance to go through that tie, because I think a lot of the other sides would have crumbled under that pressure that they were put under. Um, so I think it's been a bit of a turning point in the season, and I'm looking forward to the running. And there would be no better start to the running than smashing Man United in mm-hmm. their uh, in their own back garden
1: i am not sure after you've said that anyway. Barry, your your team have already beaten them there this season, haven't they, if I remember rightly. Was it at, at 1 so 0? um yeah, sorry, we bet them
3: there, yeah. And then they bet us in the cup and then we drew uh Villa Park. And each each game we should have won. Like each one we should have won. Uh, they were they were poor. Um they're there to be had um with Ronaldo or without, I think, um for fan, yeah, for fan, like Matt said, I think for fan of being back is huge. I think your midfield will um, absolutely overpower them, and I think whoever you have up front, whoever that is, one of the three will get that back for no problem. I, I, I actually see it being a big scoreline. I could see Leicester winning pretty convincingly.
1: That's a huge statement that is, isn't it from someone that isn't particularly invested in Leicester City as a, as a you know Villa fan. So how do we get at them if that's the case? Where do you see that game being won?
3: Um, I think midfield and uh, getting at their defence, whatever the combination is. I think um, Maguire just looks shot as hell just now. Um, Lindelof, Lindelof isn't, he's not a Premier League defender for me. Um, Luke Shaw decent, fair enough. Uh, Wan-Bissaka, he can have a good game. He, he has them in them, but I don't know. I think if you get on them early, high press, get Madison on the ball, get Barnes running at Wan-Bissaka, uh, they would be terrified. And and I think they'll bypass the own midfield. They did that against us. They resorted to sort of long ball, and Fernandez couldn't get on it. Um, like Rashford's absolutely garbage just now. Just short confidence. I just I just don't think they are. Dig stick
1: there, there boss. Definitely. No, but but, but it anyway. the thing is, I think
3: I think they, they went for the temporary manager. They, they must have went that because they've got someone else lined up. Like they had ha- that was just a stopgap. But at the same time, like they their culture there. Needs to be coached out and worked out over years, and it needs to be the right mm. guy. who's going to who's going to patience to do it, and every manager prior, other than maybe Louis van Gaal, had that patience to do it. it hasn't had that patience, sorry, and it needs to be someone like a Conte or a Pochettino, or because it's not about controlling egos. It's a whole different in Man United they need to get rid of the the garbage. And big, and big names, get rid of big big names. They've got a decent squad and decent youngsters there. Like They could easily filter that in over a period of time and buy the right players, but they need to get to a point where they need to be more devious and ruthless with sign-ins like Ferguson used to be. Like He used to get players for bargains, and they were still the same powerhouses there now. Inflation or not, Man United need to start saying no to 80 million, 30 million players and that. They, need, they totally need to change it from the top down.
1: I think a, a manager that I've been linked with, Aidan, was uh, Eric, is it Ten Hag, uh, Ajax? Uh, and Louis van Gaal's come out today and said, look, you either choose a, a club based on its football or you choose it based on its commercial um, success. So presumably that's a little, little bit of a dig at Manchester
4: United. Yeah, I saw that, that he's come back and, and he he's said, um, he's actually advised them not to, not to move there um, because they are a commercial club. Um, he says, I'm, not, I'm going, not going to advise Eric He'll call me himself, but he must choose a football club and, and not a commercial club. So, um, Gary Neville visited Belfast recently um, on a, on a road show. You know, one of these ones that you go along and get stuff signed, and and so he was there just last week. And uh, a few Manchester United supporting friends of mine went along and, and said it was an interesting night. Gary Neville's got good good opinions. You, you see that in Sky Sports, um, but he kind of my friend left quite depressed. You know, because Gary Neville just went into how far behind. Manchester United are compared to Liverpool and Manchester City, um, and just that gap that they have to make up, um, and perhaps that's a bit what Louis Van Gaal is kind of getting at. You know, are you going to be allow someone to come in and do that long term work um, of getting them getting them back here, or even medium term work? Um, but be happy to, to turn down the commercial signings and the flashy signings and get about your job, building everything on a very footballing basis. Um, or, or not, you know. Um, Gar- Gary Neville, his for, his man for the job is uh, Pochettino. He he was saying last week that um, he definitely thinks Pochettino should be the next manager. Um, but yeah, there's there's yeah. big work to be done, and it's it's it is hard for those Manchester United fans who have been so used to success to, to be in such an extended kind of period of, of drought, um in terms of challenging for for the Premier League, challenging for Champions League. But it sort of says everything, doesn't it? That, you know, we sit here a few
1: days before a game away at Manchester United. Actually, we, we quite fancy it. Um, Matt, I'm going to come back to you and talk about a, a player that Barry mentioned earlier, Harvey Barnes. You, you were a, a winger, Harvey Barnes as a winger. That sort of challenge away at Manchester United. How impressed have you been by him this season and what damage do you think he can do?
5: Yeah, I mean, massively impressed with Harvey. Harvey used to be in my, so I was a coach at Leicester under 11s, under 12s, under 13s, I think. And Harvey was in, was in those teams um, played more of a centre midfielder then actually, um, or up front or in the number 10 position was really good on his back foot, was always speedier, but sort of broke into the box from midfield. But, you know, since he's, since he's been playing on the wing, especially that left channel, and mm. what I say on the radio is, when Harvey Barnes is on, because I used to be a similar player, if, if I started the game well, mm. I usually went on to have a really good game. If I started quite slowly and a little bit lethargic, what sometimes Harvey Barnes can do, he never really sort of gets himself <laughs> into games and can sort of go missing a little bit. But that'll come as he gets older, I think, with a little more consistency. And, and the other big thing I've got with Harvey Barnes is, when, it's, when he's up against pace, like real pace, so Kyle Walker, he's always struggled against. He's sort of not backed his own pace to try and take, to try and take the race with, um, with the fullback. And Wambasack is one of them fullbacks. You know, really good in a 1v1. We'll show you the line, we'll give you the line and say, go on, try and beat me if you can. And sometimes I, I think for the development of Harvey and his game, Listen, Harvey Barnes is a better winger than I used to be. I'll make that fact right now. But I just think he should back himself more often um, and take that race with some of these, you know, really quick fullbacks. And that's, that's where I see his development: a little more consistency and playing top-level football against some of the top-level fullbacks. And I think he'll be back in the England team because he offers. I think he offers. A lot of different attributes to what some of the the other sort of left wingers that Gareth Southgate used in that in that position. They sort of drop the shoulder, come back inside, the possession based football. He can hurt you if he gets on the wrong side of you. He can run away from you, and he can finish. So, and I don't think we've got that in the England team. I don't think and
1: that's from a, that's from a standing start quite often as well, isn't it? He's blistering, isn't he? From from nowhere.
5: Yes, and arguably he only plays like that, if you watch his game closely, he only plays like that when he starts the game well. If he's in confident mood, he sort of builds throughout the the performance Um, but if he starts a little slowly or he loses the first few um, one-on-ones with the defender he's against, I think it hurts his confidence a little bit and he sort of goes into his shell.
2: Mm -hmm. Is that one of his challenges as well, Matt, that because he can use his pace to get past people. He doesn't often rely on his trickery and maybe is not quite so confident to beat someone that's that's got the pace by sending them one way and then the other and and finding a way through.
5: Yeah, I think so. And I think that's why you know it sometimes it's hard to criticize it because I'm criticizing him and I I used to play that position and I know when you come up against the top fullback how difficult it is. But the reason why I criticize him is because I think his game is that good. You know, I probably wouldn't get after him as much if he was just a pace merchant like I was, you know, kick it on the outside and just try and run. It's was... a little bit harsh
1: on yourself, Matt. I saw you no. play back in the day. That was you, you were the, the leading light in a otherwise pretty rancid team at that time. No
5: offense to your teammates. <laughs> no, but I, I think what you need to take into account is that's probably why I was a leading light. <laughs> yeah, because <The team, laughs> you could run <laughs> the team were not performing very so well um, but yeah I think he's got a lot more to his game um, and I think you know I like him when he comes on the inside I mean that one two the sort of um, triangles that he plays with especially uh, Ian Acho, the one way mm-hmm. he comes inside he shows the ball to the, the defender the defender sort of sticks a leg out to try and take it and he just does that quick one two Around uh, around the fullbacks, he's used that really well lately. Um, I just I'm looking forward to the game at the weekend. I just really want him to come out in confident mood and have a real go at Wamba Um because I think he can get the better of him.
1: Well, well, we'll find out in a few days' time. Tom, another person. We're talking about England call-ups, and for me, Harvey Barnes should be in that squad. Like like Matt just said, I couldn't yeah. believe that James Madison wasn't in the squad. Uh, what was your thoughts on that?
0: No, I know you've you've not been too happy about that recently. Um, well, I suppose it can't be going off recent form, can it? Um, I think Southgate he's he's had his uh, favourites out there for for two or three years now, hasn't he? And the Leicester lads have, have really struggled to get anywhere near the team, to be honest. Um, and obviously with, with Madison being out for so long, probably didn't really do him any favours uh, at, the, at the back end of last season. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen him come back and he's starting to find his groove again, push forward. Um, he's often the player in midfield that, that, that does get us moving forward when we've, we've had the odd game where, We've struggled to break through the lines, um, and yeah, bagging goals as well.
1: If you look at the stats, Barry, I know stats don't tell everything at all, but if you look at Grealish versus Madison this season, there's no comparison, really. That debate swung back in the other favour a little bit, has not it? Absolutely, yeah,
3: and I, I think um, I think a couple of podcasts back, <clears throat> I don't know if it was in February or even January, we were talking about it, and I think we were. Talking about them naming the England squad, um, I said that Barnes would be the only one that was really in with a shout. I did not think Madison had done enough at that point. But he certainly has now. I was quite shocked he wasn't in, in, in there. But I think it is because he, he doesn't like that one behind. I don't know if he's got the confidence in Madison to play in a sort of flat three or even like a two behind. He, I, 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 think Southgate, I think it's an attitude thing. It took Southgate so long to pick Grealish because of, I think, what he's perceived as. Out with football, um, and Madison had his his moments out with. So, yeah, and plus Southgate's a bloody hypocrite. He contradicts himself all the time, um, like that. England were poor the other night, and the, the players are poor. What? And, and 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 what's the motivation for people to play for that country anymore? I'm not trying mm-hmm. to have a dig. I just like what is the motivation for playing for England if he clearly doesn't go in for him and he says he does. Because, uh, mm-hmm. talking of Villa, how is Andre K- Konza not on that squad? When you yeah. look at the back, the back. Half, yeah, I just don't get it. He's just he's just a bit of an empty, and I think the sooner I'm going to get rid of him, the better.
1: Do you think, uh, Aiden that James Madison will go back and and that will sort of stoke the fire a little bit more for him?
4: I hope so. Um, I mean, we do, do you need to remember that at times this season, we've, and he and he has been dropped. You know, he he hasn't had a great season from the beginning. But of course, his form has has really swung as as we said back in that in that direction. And um, very positive, his form is very positive. He's he's been pulling out some top performances. And um, so, you know, world a world cup year. Hopefully, that's you know that that will fire him up to, to have another go and make it harder for for Southgate to consider leaving him out of the, the squad.
1: Maybe he needs to start scoring some tap-ins, Matt, because he definitely doesn't, does he? I think the stat now is that he scored the most amount of goals from outside the area along with James Ward-Prowse. Well, no, more than James Ward-Prowse, but the same amount of free kicks as him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Since he started his, his career in the Premier League, he's got
5: some right foot on him, hasn't he? He has. I mean, similar to Barnes, I think he offers something different. Than some of the other ones that that Southgate's bringing in, in that position. The one that he should have got in this squad for this time is Smith Rowe. Listen, I, yeah. I like Smith Rowe, but he's not he's not played consistently under Arteta. Um, Madison's been playing consistently, and he's been scoring consistently and some you know world class goals as well. He can strike from distance. Out of all those guys, I like Mason Mount. Like Mason Mounts, the the type of player that I really like. He's got high energy, he's, he's good on the ball, he can run in behind. He's can. he he's got a lot to his game, I think. It'd be a nightmare to play against. That's sort of how I judge it at times. But what Madison has got that a lot of the others haven't got is receiving it in them pockets on his back foot and mm-hmm. being able to go both ways. He can score from distance and... Um, He's, he's passing and in that final third he's really strong. He should he should have been in the squad this time, but he's a top player for me, James Madison. And I think to answer your question, it will stoke his fires. I don't think he likes being, you know, left out of his club team, left out of internationals. He wants to, you know, have that swagger about his game and about his life, really. And to do that, you've got to be playing international football.
1: Yeah. The, the famous quote, of course, from Madison, Aiden is my teacher told me one in a million. We're going to make it as a footballer. I'm the one. <laughs> it's like of confidence, Conference. that lad, doesn't
2: he? No, yeah. I'm not sure of it. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with Barry, though. You know, Southgate doesn't like playing a number 10. But these friendlies were the, the chance to see if he could play in a diff, slightly different system. And uh, he is the form player, really, isn't he? So I think he should have been given a chance. But you know what I think of Southgate. I'm not his biggest fan, despite our relative success.
1: Well, we'll move on from that a little bit. The last time out at Old Trafford, we did this. Here's Tielemans, Tielemans. And there's a great volley. Thomas was coming in, and he volleys into the top corner. A tremendous strike. From the teenager. So that was a 2-1 victory at Old Trafford last season. Um, first of all, Matt, what a goal for Luke Thomas that day on the volley. Do you think he'd be a bit gutted that there was no fans in for that? I think mean, you can imagine that ball coming over to him. Old Trafford on the volley, into the back of the net, off the post. And uh, he's only got his teammates to celebrate with.
5: Yeah, it would have been. I, I think I felt gutted for him at the time. I tried my best to, you know, cheer and shout and scream from where I was sitting. So (laughs) that was an unbelievable finish. I remember when it came over, it was coming over and he was sort of running in like he was going to try and, you know, make contact to try and send it towards goal. And I thought, what is this lad doing? Luke Thomas. Like I think Luke Thomas is a really good player. I think he's great. But sort of the angle that he was coming in at, and I had never seen him do anything like that before. When he was shaping to shoot, I thought, what's this kid doing? And then to pull that out and stick it in the far top corner was, was unbelievable. And, I, you know, I, I didn't coach Luke Thomas, but I really liked Luke Thomas. You know, I ask a lot of people about him down the training ground. You know, obviously you can see by his interviews, a really humble young man, uh, like most yeah. of the boys that are coming through at the minute, actually. KDH is the same, but, you know, really quite quiet and timid and quite shy uh, in the way that he is. But he's not like that on the football pitch know he smashes into tackles he's good on the ball um, I really like him and I think he's took his chance brilliantly in under Brendan Rodgers.
1: It would be uh, remiss of me not really to ask this question while well, we've got you, but as a Leicester lad yourself, having played for your hometown club, how much pride does it fill you with now when you look at that team sheet? The left-hand side in particular recently, has been, uh, you know, uh, Thomas, KDH and in, in Harvey Barnes, Hamza, is there or thereabouts. We've got all this other talent that's sort of brimming just underneath that as well. The future's bright, isn't it?
5: Yeah, it, it, I, I mean, it is. Um I went to the training ground for the first time the other day. Have you been there yet, anyone? Anyway. No. no, we're still waiting for an invite. Yeah, well, so was I. And I only, I, I backdoored my invite because my <laughs> boy plays for Burton and they were playing Leicester. So I sort of backdoored my way yeah. in um, and I went for a, a sort of a look round and it it is, you know, next level, unbelievable. Um, and some of the talent coming through I'm really excited about as well and you know I grabbed a couple of the coaches while I was down there because they were working there when I was there and they're re- they are really excited about another three or four that they think could be first 11 players um, in the next three to four years I think I think you've seen some of them and you heard some who, of them We have...
1: are we talking then Matt?
5: Uh, yeah. Will Alves Will, Will Alves yeah. yeah He's a big one yeah, he went my, he went my kids' school and they were coming home, rabbiting on about how good he is. Um, and I know his dad, actually, so I've seen Will before, but he is, you know, a top player. Um, Danny, his dad. Yeah, nice guy. Danny
1: Elton.
5: Sorry, I'm, I'm <laughs> joking. Yeah. So, yeah, they're excited. What who else was that, one? They're excited about a, a few down there. Obviously, we've seen some of the others as well, Brunt. Um, but I'm talking, my lad played against the under-13s um, and there was an under-14s game going on at the time. And the coach that I was talking to was saying that there's three or four in that team that they're really excited about as well. So it's not just yeah. you know, players that are 16, 17, 18 and in the youth team, it's players that are a little lower as well. Um, so obviously you need to see how their development goes of course you can't get too excited too early but with that amount of talent and the talent that the club can bring in now with the draw of that training ground because if you're a kid in the Midlands and you get took to that training ground and you've got a choice of a few different places uh, I'm imagining that place is coming right near the top because of the structure that they've got now
1: well we don't want anyone going to Nottingham especially. Steve can you ever remember a time when it was quite like this for the uh, for the youth coming through?
2: No when I, when I first started going in the early 70s we'd have a lot more local people coming through because that was the way of football you know and uh, people didn't scout all over the place it tended to be very much local and then You'd sign some experience from somewhere else. So the, in those days, there were there were more local players playing for Leicester, but but um, can't remember many superstars. Stars, obviously, there was Shilton, there was Lineker, there was Graham Cross. Still got the most uh, appearances. There also was uh, cricket black, for Leicester. Black and white shows. telly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those. Uh, yeah, but there was uh, even in those days. I mean, Bloomfield signed a whole load of people from London clubs. You know, uh, Weller, Samuels, Birchnall, Even though Birch is a Nottingham lad, um, and obviously Worthington from Huddersfield and whatever. But uh, so I, I think we went through a period where there weren't many coming through. I think that's why we were all excited when you came through, Matt. There wasn't a lot um, of Youth products coming through into the first team, even even when we were bouncing between the old Division One Division Two. So um, it's great to see it as it is now, I think, because it's tough for them. Not many are going to get a, a debut without going out on loan a few
5: times first, are they? No, I've teased you. Sorry, Matt, you carry on. Well, no, because that's an important point because, you know, when I, the, the last time there was a glut, uh, as much as there is now, I think, was in 2002 when I came in. So there was me, John Stevenson, John yeah. Stevenson, Martin Reeves, Matt Heath, Jordan Stewart, um, John Ashton. So there was about six or seven that all came through at once. Granted, the first team weren't doing very well. Um, so so the manager was trying, trying new things and, and some of the youngsters. But the point Steve makes about going out on loan is an important one. I think if you look at the rise of Harvey Barnes, he had two really successful loan moves. where He played a lot of football and I've always said, you learn so much, you know, playing football that sort of matters, really. You know, you've got the under-23s and even the youngsters nowadays. No one likes to hear it, but it is tossed off a little bit. I mean, you're trying your best, but some of the players you're playing against... And not putting it all in. You've got people coming back from injury that are taking it easy. So you can't really test your level. So football, where it matters, even if it's League 1 or League 2, is really important. KDH has gone out and done the same. He was amazing at Luton last year. He wouldn't be the player he is now if he didn't go out on, on loan and play all those games. The same with me. I went to Mansfield and lost a couple of teeth in the first game got elbowed in the face. Some geezers stepped over me and gone, you're not in the Premier League now, you little expletive. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? And it, it makes you grow up so quickly. Um, the score I, of hard knocks. It is. That's exactly what it is. And what, where I think Leicester could be a little bit more front-footed in that way is send them out a little earlier. I would. Yeah. I mean, I went out at 19... Harvey Bonds went out similar time, KDH a little later. Um, but there's actually just a glut of players that have left the club, 21, 22-year-olds, um, that didn't go out on loan uh, until they were way into their 20s. I think the club could send them out a little sooner.
1: Mm. Well, speaking of players going out, that takes me on to our little quiz that I've got tonight. Last man standing. So we'll go around and ask you all, one by one, uh, this question, and the question tonight is going to be based around your departure from the club, actually, Matt. And um, when you left for Sunderland, and um, I'm on the transfer market website. It says that you left for 4.73 million. I thought it was three and a half. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. So don't don't trust my data is what I'm saying to you. But on here, on this faulty website, uh, I've got 20, the top 25 players' fees that Leicester have received, and um, for players, and it's since the. Well, they're, they're all of the Premier League and Championship era. Um, and I'll start with you, Barry, if that's all right. tonight. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've only got one. Harry Maguire. Yes. 78.3 million, it says here. 80 million or a trading ground, depending on which uh, currency bargain, you was Bargain, wasn't it? Bargain. Absolute bargain, yeah. I feel a bit sorry. For, do you not feel a bit sorry for him, mate? I do. I do.
2: Yeah. He wasn't hey, bad so
1: nice for us, again? was he? No, Aidan, it's not nice to get booed and taking the mick out the whole time, is it?
4: <laughs> no, I can speak from experience on mm. this podcast, no. I am the <laughs> reigning Food Golf champion though, so it's
1: alright. You are the Food Golf that. champion.
4: Yeah.
1: Matt, I'll come to you next.
5: Um Riad Morris.
1: Yep, yeah, number two on the list, sixty-one million pounds back in eighteen nineteen. Tom, over to you. Um go
0: drink water.
1: Yeah, number four on the list, a bargain at 34.1 million pounds, according to this dodgy website. This is going loads better than any of the recent games I <laughs> by the way. Normally no one gets one right and I look like a right. <laughs>
2: Steve, over to you. I'll go for um well, you know the earth is seventy-five percent covered by sea and twenty-five percent by Ngolo Kante.
1: <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to say by Gokkan Inlet or something then but yeah Kante's <laughs> right 32.2 million Barry back over to you uh, Chilwell yes number three on the list 45.18 million this says I think it was probably a little bit more than that Matt back to you Heskey yeah I actually cried when he left. I remember it really well. I was only 24. No, I wasn't 24. Um, It was a 1999-2000. He was my proper hero, Emil Heskey. And uh, yeah, when he left, it was a sad moment. Did you play with him?
5: Uh, I didn't. No, I was his boot boy. Were you really? Yeah, I was Emil's boot boy, yeah. Um, Emil um, and Peggy are Fixed. And Emile used to actually get the arse with me a lot because if you ever hear me on the radio or anyone knows me personally, if I have to be somewhere, I think similar to tonight, if I have to be somewhere, for say, eight o'clock, I get there about two, three minutes past eight. So what I'm trying to say is, every morning, Emile, mine O'Neill will be like, where's fucking Emile? Where's Heskett? Where is it? <laughs> Not out on the training pitch. It's because... I got in to, to work late and I'm cleaning the boots last second. And you know where you have to put the dubbing on back in them days and make them really gleaming and nice? That's what a lot of the other um, apprentices did. And meals were just still like wet with, you know, like wet mud all over them. And i just run them out to them. And he, he used to be really serious. i and like, listen, this is not good enough. Like, you've got to do the boots better than this. Whereas me and Peggy just used to have pants up. Peggy, Peggy just used... I mean, Peggy
1: never played
5: though really did he he's a good lad Emil we're good friends now yeah, yeah he uh, he's working at the club again now isn't he he's part of the, uh,
1: the, the women's team uh, we won't speak about the women's team too much today because I had a bit of a rough one yesterday uh, to say the least Aidan yeah. I'll
5: move on to you uh, Neil Lennon Neil Lennon
1: right. Number eleven on the list. Two thousand and one, sold to Celtic for seven point seven six million. Tom, going to go Islam Slimani. Islam Slimani is on the list, but he's on the oh, list yeah. as a loan. New, Newcastle paid two million pounds for him for a loan for that half a season, and, and I think he played about twice. <laughs> Value for <laughs> money. <laughs> Steve, back over to you
2: um wait. uh only Turkish international at the time my first one muzzy
1: is it I'll go for I think no you you've barked up the wrong tree there Steve but have paid yeah? I think less than half a million quid for him you're out Oh no first out <clears throat> yeah. I had loads of others as well I should have gone with them. Oh save safe them. A little story about Muzzy Is It. I'm not sure if I've said this on the podcast before, but I was quite a young lad when we played um, Sheffield United in 1996. And it was the, the game where all the fans went after Martin O'Neill and tried to get rid of him because we'd had a poor time. And uh, Julian Watson and, and Muzzy Is It made the debut that day. And Steve told me that Julian Watts would be all right because he'd heard of him, but he'd never heard of this Muzzy Is It, fella. And he'd probably be gone in a few months' time. <laughs> That's not the first time you've told that story on this one. Yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep telling it, mate. I'll keep telling it. <laughs> Barry, over to you. What's, did you see over a certain value? Yeah, well, the, I said top 25. The value of the 25th is only 1.8 million. Okay, Mark Draper. Mark Draper's right, yeah. We sold him to Aston yeah. Villa, for 4.4 4 million. I should,
2: have, I should have said that. I had him as well, yeah.
5: Yeah, it's no
1: good saying that now Steve you're out
5: <laughs> back to you um Julian Joachim. correct just need oh, to find man, him on my list awesome. 20, 24
1: on the list 1.9 million just released a book as well I think um with uh, with Matt Mann, who's been on the show a few times
4: Aiden, back to you you look really serious Aiden. you're alright um, you. stress, stress me I stress me out. um Ooh, I'll go for Gareth Macaulay as a Northern Irishman. No. no, he left on a furry transfer uh, after we got, after we got relegated, he went to Ipswich, I think didn't he? Yeah, uh, he scored no goal against Wolves the last day of the season, didn't he? Two thousand and seven. Two thousand and six seven season, yeah. I was there. I was there uh it's uh Matt Piper not competition. I was there, two thousand and seven. Long <laughs> <laughs> time yeah. loyal fan. No, I
2: know. <laughs> didn't really start you. going until 15, 16, though. Ah, oh, got away! That was
1: it. A... Oh, Tom?
0: Um, I'm going to go Adrian Silva.
1: No, no, left on a free transfer.
4: I'll
1: it's behave. not not on the list. You're <laughs> out. So we've just got the two people left now. Buzz, is it you? You and Matt, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm trying to he figure out which ones.
1: Be... I've got quite a list here. I think i might, i might pippy here i'm gonna go with steve guppy no. <laughs> <laughs> no cement the wind for us then matt
5: um do you know what i'm i am struggling and this is a little this seems really corny but i'm gonna say me can i say this? yeah it's you. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's
1: <issue. laughs> Sorry, I'm pleased man. that you did. Sorry, okay. if, you, if you did not said you had lost, that would have been a disaster. Uh, you're number 14 on the list. So the list in full is Harry Maguire. Hey, okay, oh, well, I've well, got well, well, some more well, see if I've
2: got any well, of well, these, well. right? We've got some more, yeah. Yeah. Go, on, man, go for it. So yeah. I had, I had Joachim and Draper, but I also had Vincenti Abora. Is he on there? Correct, yeah. Number 10. Musa. Yeah. Oh, number, I should have gone with these. 15, I also uh, had Quipper Stan, Stan, Stan Collymore. No. Robbie Savage. No, No, you're just going to
1: make this the longest show ever, aren't you?
3: I've got a few too. I've got a few too. Danny Ward, surely. Who? Ward. Danny
1: Ward He still plays with us. (laughs) Those that are listening, Barry has uh, left the show. Uh, Let me go through the remainder of the list. So we had. Ahmed Musa, quite rightly. Jeffrey Schlupp, we sold for 12 million. Andre Kramaric. Uh, David Nugent went to Middlesbrough for 5 million. Tom Lawrence, Gary Rowett, Ron Robert zela we got 3.6 million pounds for. Chris Woods to, to Leeds. Always forget that Chris Wood place for us. Yeah. He was um. politics at one stage. Uh, Rashid Gazelle, David Connolly, Matt Mills. Richie Dillat went to Aston Villa for just over £2 million. Uh, and Damari Gray was the other one on the list that no one got at oh. £1.8 million. Thanks for yeah. that, guys. Right, listen, just before we finish off tonight, let's talk about what the uh, formation and, and who's going to be playing on Saturday is going to be for us. Aiden, I'll start with you for that. Who's going to come in? Obviously, we've got almost an embarrassment of riches now compared to where we were a few weeks ago, especially at the back. Who's, who's your back four for a start for me?
4: Ooh. Well, the word... The word is here that um, Johnny Evans started on Friday night away to Luxembourg, um, but he's not. Uh, originally, uh, you know, remains to be seen tomorrow, but he, he's not going to feature, officially he's not going to feature tomorrow against Hungary. Um, so I think that's maybe if there's a conversation that's going on with Brendan Rogers behind the scenes of, of making sure that he's ready for some sort of role at Old Trafford. Um, but yeah, I think against Brentford, we started with Soyuncu and Amarte. Um, Justin and Castagna, so I think your fullbacks probably stay the same, um, especially with Castagna's goal. Um, beyond that, Tielemans and Mendy we had centre mid, Madison, Dewsbury Hall, and Barnes and Ian Acho up front. Um, does that change? Does it does any of that change? Do you drop Amarte and bring Evans in, or do you stick with stick with that back pair two pairing of Amarte and Sionchu? No, surely not. Surely not. Matt, what do you think? Surely Fafana's back in,
1: is he after a a good rest? And maybe Johnny Evans as well. Maybe our our first choice centre-back pairing finally gets a run out.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'd like it, but what what you think is, you know, he's managing both their minutes, isn't he? Um, So he said that, you know, reintegrating those two back into the squad, is going to manage their minutes um, and I don't know if he'd bring them both back in at the same time. I mean, they're our best two centre-backs, I think. Um, I like Soyuncu. He's had a bit of an up-and-down season and Daniel Amati's come in and done really well. So I'm kind of with Aiden. I don't know if he'll stick with that Soyuncu and Amati um, pairing. And, and if he doesn't, I do think he'll stay with one of them guys and bring it either Fafana or Evans in. I think the full-backs will remain the same. I think the midfield picks itself at the minute, especially after the last game. I think Mendy came in, did really well. Dewsbury Hall won't lose his place. Top player. Um, and he'll play Tillemans. And then Madison, Barnes and Ian Acho, I think. And I think great. that team can get the job done at Old Trafford. Who were your full sorry, Matt? What did you say at fullback? back you left. And James Justin on the right. Yeah. I'd go with
2: that. I'd have Fofano and Sionchu to start, I think, and maybe bring Big Dan on later on when Fofano gets tired. Um, But, yeah, I'm kind of tempted to see what it would look like to up front, but then you lose your wingers, I think, because you end up with five at the back or three at the back. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I would just make that change.
1: I think for us this game's won one on pace, Tom, uh, down there, down both flanks, and I think that's why yeah. you want. This is going to sound really harsh, but maybe Castagne sits this one out and uh, and Ricardo and and Justin start the game. What do you think to that?
0: I think that's a fair point. Yeah, um, you know, I'm a I'm a big Ricardo fan. Um, he's he's not always been brilliant defending recently, but um, and obviously he's been a bit plagued by injuries as half the squad has um but you know after, after seeing Castagna's goal the other day do you really want to leave him out
1: it was a peach wasn't it an absolute <laughs> into the top corner yeah <laughs> it would have been right behind that how was so, he the rest thing so game? you wouldn't like, him t- t- take
3: him in the peach how was he the rest again
1: uh i thought he did okay i thought he was he was solid enough it's difficult isn't it when you come back from long-term injury uh I thought that the game sort of petered out a little bit in the second half from from our point, but we did enough to to win it and he was he was a decent part of that. Is that is that fair? Would you say Matt?
5: I think so. I like Sanyo. I I do. I I like his energy. I like um he's sort of one of them guys that has that mentality. Sort of the the kind of all Brighton mentality. You know what you're gonna mm. get from He's not going to give up. He's he's going to keep running. He must be. He's another one of them guys that I think would be a nightmare to play against. He's all over you, and even if you get past him, he's back at you. Um, and he's got quality when he when he's got the ball as well. So I really like him. Um, I think he, he's in my Leicester's best eleven. I think right, um, especially at the minute. Um, Ricardo is my favourite fullback at the club. And it's just whether I think we've seen glimpses of him, uh, of him starting to get back to that pre-injury Ricardo because that guy, for me, was one of probably the best fullback in the league, and that's not with blue tinted glasses on. I thought he was that good. Mm.
3: Um, yeah, he was. Is, is there an option to because like realistically, the, the only way Man United can hurt you is down the left. So could they put Ricardo? On the right, in front of, and, t- and, and take one of the midfield th- three out, like maybe t- it could harsh on Mendy, but drop Mendy in, uh, and
1: play. He could play Ricardo on, on. the wing in front of. Uh, that's Gustano, a, yeah, that's know, what I mean. That's, yeah. um, but, not Gustano, in front of Justin. Sorry.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's too safe either. I think it's uh, because they can overlap each other. Like they both they both know their roles. And uh, for me, if, for yeah. me, that's that's probably what I do. But. Like it seems harsh, strapped and Mendy, but Mendy would probably be the one that would have to be sacrificed for that.
1: Yeah. Final sort of question to you guys tonight, then. I'll start with you, Matt, uh, on this. Who's been your player of the season so far? Because we ran a, an online Twitter poll uh, of this, and I'll tell you afterwards who our uh, who our audience thought thought were. Um, but who has it been for you? Um, oh,
5: that's a difficult one. I bet a Marty won it on the. I was hoping that.
1: I absolutely love Daniel. He's like just caught hero, isn't he now? That's where, where he's at
5: for, for me. I mean, I mean, he's not generally... I mean, when everyone's fit, he won't play, I don't think. He's not, yeah. he's not a first 11 player, but he's one of them guys that seems happy to be on the fringes. And when he's called upon, he gives you everything. And he has got quality, I think. You know, he really needs to drill himself down a position. He's quite one of them utility guys. You can play him... You know, he came to the club as a centre midfielder, I think. Moved into a right-back position. Mm-hmm. He can play left of a three and now, you know, right of a two. So, I like him. Um If I was pushed, I'd probably say KDH. I know he's not played too much, but a youngster coming into that side and doing what he's done... Um yeah, I think I think Keen and Dewsbury Hall for me. Aidan, how about for you?
4: Um, I'd have to agree for for where he's come from and for the progress that he's made this season, Keane Dewsbury Hall, um, certainly the form that James Madison's shown at the minute. Um, had he shown that for the whole season, well, we probably wouldn't have, would be a few places higher than we are. Um, but on, on form at the moment, Madison, but for the whole season, yeah, the, that progress that Dewsbury Hall has made, he's been really fantastic and an exciting one for the future. So he's my man. Tom?
0: Yeah, I've, I've got to go Jewsbury Hall as well. Um, I think, you know, he's is, is the name that you want to see on the team sheet. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's the guy that's always looking for the forward pass. Uh, he's, he's moving into space and and trying to get the ball forward when perhaps sometimes we've been playing some side-to-side football. Um, and he's he's quite happy to get back, do some defending. You can rely on him. He's out there and he runs he, he runs for days, basically. does not see he? when he's when he's there and puts in great slide tackles. He all year. So. Yeah,
1: Steve. How about for you? Who's your player of the season so far? Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it?
2: Um, if you look at the normal guard, Casper was uh, had his ropey moments early in the season. He's done really well of late. I think um, he's back to his best. Um, there's, we haven't had a regular centre half apart from Cags, and he's had some really poor games. Fullbacks have been in and out and changed around. Uh, Wilf and Yuri haven't been their usual consistent selves, I don't think. Um, Vardy's missed a lot of games. So, for me, uh, probably between Madison and KDH, and I might just give it to Madison, I think, even though he had a poor start to the season.
1: Finally, Barry, how about for you? Uh, Tillamont, I think.
3: Um... Yeah, I'm obviously joking. Uh, be Yeah, between K- <laughs>
1: uh, KDH
3: or maybe Schmeichel for me. Uh, actually, i I probably go Schmeichel. I think he, he has had a rookie games, but I think overall, he's probably saved more points than he's cost you, for sure.
1: Yeah, the uh, the winner of that poll on, on Twitter was actually KDH uh, marginally. Uh, beating James Madison to it, which was which was great. Just wish someone had told you boys about him at the beginning of the season when no one else was talking about oh, him. Hey, yeah. when, when, when I started the KDH love affair. Uh, but no, listen, we're we're Leicestershire boys, aren't we, Tom, Steve? Uh, and it's great to see one of, and Matt, great to see one of our own coming through. Uh, but that's about all we've got time for. So, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for your appearance for this year. I won't try and bother you again for the rest of the year. I promise you. Uh, but maybe next season, what do you think?
5: Hey, listen, I always enjoy coming on. Honestly, and I'll come on any time you want me to well
1: bear that in mind we're all together next month we've got a a few beers around the villa game so we're we're getting together so if you're free for that i've already said to where you'll have to come and have a drink with us or something after the game it'd be great to catch up blue
5: blue bar's gone now
1: though hasn't it yeah
5: Yeah.
1: no absolute shambles but we'll sort we'll sort something out but it's been great to have you back on with us as ever we love hearing your voice on the radio we love one of ours uh, coming good and you're certainly doing that so thanks for joining us again tonight matt That's it. That's another episode of It's 11. It's heaven for Jamie Vardy. We hope you've enjoyed listening and we'll speak to you again next time.
3: Network.